I was about one year old and I started to walk for the first time. I took my first steps on the ship on the way to Cyprus. Welcome to a new episode of Most Memorable Journeys. In today's episode, I don't have just one guest and I don't have two, which is the most I've ever had. I have five. And what kind of five? I can't wait to actually introduce them all. They are a very interesting bunch of ladies who got together because of the Global Woman Club. And of course, as I always say, you can join a club, but then you still have to do your work. And they did. They became active. And one of them decided to start the book club. And these people that I'm going to talk to today, they call themselves the page turners. And I am looking at five different ladies from different places. One of them is in New York City. Three of them are on my island in the sun here in Cyprus. And one of them is in Scotland. I think the best way to get to know them is by just talking to them individually. But altogether, they are called the page turners. Welcome to Most Memorable Journeys, ladies. Hi. Hi. Nice to be here. Hi. Thanks for having us, Elizabeth. It's a pleasure. And I'm going to start with the lady that's the furthest away from me and who had to get up the earliest. Sora Vernikov, you are in New York City and you have just been to Cyprus recently because the page turners met in Limassol last month or was it this month? Not long ago. How are you and did you enjoy your trip to Cyprus? Well, um, I'm overwhelmed with emotion with that question because I had such a glorious trip. I mean, not only did I get to visit a place that up until a few years ago, I wasn't really that aware of being a New Yorker. We really don't learn about Cyprus. But through Global Woman, I got to meet the women who live in Cyprus. I got to join the book club and three of us are in Cyprus. And it's such a gorgeous island and the people are so lovely. And I'm just in love. It was wonderful. What did you like most about Cyprus? That you could eat the quiet. You know, living on Third <laughs> Living on Third Avenue with, with sirens nonstop 24-7. And I'm on the fourth floor of 14 floors. My bed's by the window. So I hear every conversation on the street. And no matter where you go during the day, in the morning, in the afternoon, it's so quiet. It's like, oh my God, I wish I could bottle it and take it home, you know? But and the people, they're really nice. I mean, it's not in New York. Everyone's so busy running around here. People are just nice, you know, so nice people, beautiful island, um, eating the quiet. I would say eating the quiet. <laughs> and, you know, we think that we're busy here. We, we pretend that we're running around. I know that it's not true. And uh, you are absolutely right. Let me go to the next lady, the founder of the Page Turners, the one who had this idea and who got the ladies together. Maggie McLaren is in Scotland. How is Scotland today, Maggie? Scotland is really cold. It's very festive. Um, we're definitely around about minus one during the day. So um, not, not this sunny weather that I had a few weeks ago when I was in Cyprus. What about um, your impressions of Cyprus? Well, um, recently, that was my second visit, as you know, um, Elizabeth. I um, I came with my husband in May um, and I was really excited to return. Very like Sora, I love the pace of life. Um, the, the weather is just beautiful, especially in November. That, that really was just the perfect weather for me. 
um, the the produce, the, the the food, every every morsel of food that I had, and you arranged beautiful meals in Tavernas. Um, and what was really special for me was the day that that you arranged where we got to see um, the historical sites and visit the the wine village. Um, I think it was Omodos, is that correct? Absolutely. Yes, yes. Um, that that was a very very special day, and to do that with um, the you know the women um, as a group, I'll I'll never forget it. Very special. Thank you for now, Maggie. We'll get to the the reason why you started the page turners later, and I'm just going to the next one next to you on my screen, Anna Nicolaidis. How Hello. are you today? And um, what was your most memorable journey ever in your life? Look, it's a very difficult question, that one, because we have been to many lovely places and each one is unique and special in its own way. But one of the first journeys that I had with my husband, which was actually our honeymoon, um, we went to Barbados for our honeymoon and um, it was a tropical depression. It was sort of hurricane season and we were so silly. We didn't realize that it was hurricane season, that we were going to the Caribbean during that time. And we were watching out of our um, window in our little hotel that we were staying in. And we were seeing the palm trees going from side to side, practically touching the floor. And we thought, what is going to happen to us? And and the next day, we were even more foolish. We got onto an eight-seater plane to go from Barbados to um, Mustique and the Grenadines. And we were in the middle of this storm. And the plane, I thought, well, this is it. We've just got married. We're on our honeymoon and we're going down together, hand in hand. But we survived. We're still here 34 years later. But that was one of the things that really stuck in my mind, you know. I never knew that. I never knew that. And I'm not surprised at all that you did something like that, knowing you. I know. (laughs) I know. It was crazy. But I think it was through sheer ignorance and innocence that we did that. We had no clue what we were doing when we were that young, you know. (laughs) Well, that is the good thing. You know, sometimes it's better not to know what you're doing. And I'm looking down below, Anna is Anna Maria Athanasiou, who is also traveling in her fantasy. She's she's not just traveling in real life. She's an author. And do you sometimes feel like you're not sure now if this is real or if this is one in, in one of your books when you travel? Oh, now that's a good question. Yes, possibly. I, um, I use a lot of um, my fantasies uh, of where I'd like to travel in my books and go to places that I haven't had the chance to go to. So, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I love daydreaming and make believe. I live it every day. Where it's a great is way to live. That you were, you're dreaming of and that you would like to go to, but you haven't been like, what? I would, well, I've been, I have been to Italy, but I have only driven through it very quickly. So I would love to actually do a full, uh, my favorite way to travel is by car. I would like to drive all the way around Italy, just take my time because I love the food. I love the scenery. I like the wine and the men. <laughs> so it's all like, <laughs> you know, it's a whole package for me. So I think that's what I would like. Definitely, Definitely. agree with you. And as <laughs> I always say, Italian men are, are, men are the only men who still flirt with women our age. Exactly. (laughs) Definitely a reason to go there. And next to you is Rebecca Christodoulidis. Rebecca is a 
English-born Irish woman, or how would I say that? You were born in England, weren't you? I was. I was born in England, but I'm of English-Irish parents. I've got one of each, or I had one of each, I should say. Yeah. And we lived the first few years in England, and then we moved to Ireland, where, where my father always wanted to go back to, but not from where he came from, but back to the middle of Ireland, which was more rural and quieter. And um, so you could say that was my first journey, actually, moving house from one country to the other. And I just remember we had a lot of dogs in cages coming with us, which escaped in the airport. And my mother's name was called over the tannoy, would Mrs. Joanna, blah, blah, blah. Please come and get her dogs, which were running all over the airport. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sure they were things were less strict than they are now. So much less strict. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's um, amazing. So that was your first flight? Um, probably, probably actually, yes. Yeah. Mm. A, a first flight with escaping dogs. I mean, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. to remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sarah, what was your first flight? My first flight was, um, that's a great question. I have to think back a long time. <laughs> um, my first flight was uh, to Miami. I went to the Fountain Blue Hotel I had a girlfriend who had very rich parents and she drove. Okay, now don't laugh. She was in college and had a pink Cadillac convertible. And yeah, she also lived in Brooklyn and we met in college and um, she was going to Miami with her mother um, and she invited me to go. And it was my first time on a flight. And the thing I remember was that I brought all my best little costume jewelry. I didn't have much. I wasn't working yet. So I took and I left them in a taxi. I'll never. Oh, no. oh. I know that was I, I know that was like unbelievable to me. But um, getting on a plane and having that freedom was amazing. And of course, going with a friend and her mother was fun because I really didn't know much then. It's only till afterwards that I got savvy. <laughs> but, but that first trip to- <laughs> <laughs> but that first trip to Miami was very sweet, you know, and very exciting. I was about 20. Oh, wow. I stayed at the Fountain Blue Hotel in Miami. Fountain Blue oh, Hilton, wow. wasn't it? Yes. Oh, in my 1988, goodness. I remember we were, I, a friend of mine went to New York and then we went to Miami and then on to Puerto Rico. And we had a great time. We actually got caught by the police in Miami because we were uh, running. We had run a light. <laughs> <laughs> well... Yeah, Miami now is um, is really it depends. South Beach is very young and very glitzy and glamour and hip hop and, you know, and all that. But uh, Miami still has beautiful parts, you know, but it's not the same. It's changed a lot. So uh, but the weather is really amazing when you when it's not super hot. But when it's super hot, you can't even breathe, you know. Yeah, I know. I used to do Florida round trips and I used to be there in the summer and it's so hot. And so you cannot breathe. Awful. I know. Yes, yeah. yes. But, um, well, you know, there is different climates in different places. Maggie McLaren, when were you on a plane for the first time? So I was age 18 and I went with my family and I brought one of my friends and we went to the south of Spain. So we flew into Almeria. And um, it was a resort, Roquetas de Mar. So that was my first Spanish holiday. And oh my goodness, it was like going into this oasis from the desert because I think they filmed the spaghetti westerns all around that country. Yeah, it it was a fabulous holiday. And I've got a great memory of buying a pair of white leather loafers, which (laughs) I I danced in (laughs) 
you know, at the discos the whole holiday and had for years to come. <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? What we remember of yeah. our first trip. I was actually, I had a Facebook post the other day and I asked people, when was your first flight? And um, you know, my first flight went was from Zurich to London. I went to London um, when I was 16. That changed my whole life. I fell in love with everything. I fell in love with flying, with flights, with airports, with hotels, with, uh, because I had, I don't think I had ever stayed in a hotel before. And that just from then on, the rest is history. From then on, I've been on the road because I just couldn't stop anymore. So uh, it's interesting how those sweet little memories we have, the white loafers, Mackie's white loafers from uh, the south of Spain. Anna Nicolaidis and Anna Maria Athanasiu, you guys are um, English Cypriot, as we call them. You were born in England, but your parents are from Cyprus. I would yes. guess yes, that correct, your, yes. your first trips were coming from England to Cyprus. Am I right? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely right. Yes. Mine fact, wasn't actually. My first trip was to Athens because I didn't have any family in Cyprus. So oh. I was five years old on my first flight uh, and all my family were in Athens. So, um, and I remember it very clearly uh, because I was kind of scared but at the same time very excited and then I promptly fell asleep so I fell asleep for the whole flight <laughs> and my mom had my younger brother who was just one uh, who was a wriggler and she had her sister who was only three years older than me who screamed the whole flight going up because she realized she was going up in this big tin can and I just passed out in the corner <laughs> until we arrived you decided to sleep so nobody would see you. I used to think <laughs> as a child, when I close my eyes, people won't be able to see me. So. <laughs> well, the funny thing is my parents were actually talking about the first time they came from England back to Cyprus with the car. And uh, I was about one year old and I started to walk for the first time. I took my first steps on the ship on the way to Cyprus. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> that is so amazing. I mean, these okay. are, they are so much fun to remember. I couldn't remember it though, Elizabeth. Well, I have no <laughs> memory that. My parents did. <laughs> they could. And you know, this is the thing that I often, you know, people take videos of their kids and or people, there is a thing like, you know, people take their kids to places and then, they, you know, somebody may say, but they will not remember it, but I will. And this is, you yeah, know, exactly. I took my kids everywhere and we had so much fun. We, I took my kids to New York the first time when they were, Natalie was eight and Alexi was six and a half and we had a great time. Yeah. So um, let's now, I mean, okay, we, there's a lot to talk. This is most memorable journeys. There's a lot to talk about journeys and travel, but the reason why you are together here and why you, you are so unique is Maggie McLaren, who, what what gave you the idea to start the page turners? Well, Elizabeth, I think one of the best things that came out of the pandemic for me was joining the global women environment. And all of a sudden, a couple of times a month, I was online meeting ladies in, in your Cyprus club, because that was the club that I joined. And the other one that I went to regularly was New York, which you also um, were the director of at that time. And um, I was working from home and we were all in different levels of lockdown, um, as you will remember. And, I, you know, I got to thinking, well, I love reading. Um, oh, my goodness. I'm in really close contact here with such a diverse 
range of interesting women. Um, I think I've got this great idea. Why, why not ask people? <laughs> and I'm so glad that I did because when I asked Anna Maria, first of all, um, you know, a, a novelist who I would not have come into contact with, there's probably very little chance that Anna Maria and I really would have ever met. Um, and she was interested. The next person I thought of, um, as well as yourself, um, because you were involved at the beginning and, and of course, are an honorary member, um, I thought about Sora in, in New York. You know, who wouldn't want Sora in their, in their group club? The book club, sorry. It grew from there um, as a result of um, Anna Marie and I's you know, discussions. And I'm so glad that, that I had that idea because two years on, as you know, we've recently all met up in Cyprus and it's just been magical. Yeah, I think this is amazing. And this is really the upside of the pandemic because I started my podcast because of the pandemic. I don't think I would have ever done that. I I was just, I needed to do something. I couldn't travel. So I needed to talk about travel. And I um, then I really started to enjoy it. And the other thing is that I used to coach people on Skype before the pandemic, but not many. I didn't have many overseas clients. I had some. And then suddenly Zoom became the, the name of the game. And I, I actually, my friend Christina had to show me when I was in quarantine, they, she had to show me how to share a page. What do you, how to share your screen? And, you know, now we are all professional Zoomers and uh, looking at <laughs> here but it's amazing what uh, what this has done to us and I you know this is the good side and I think it's important in life generally to always look at the upside of things I mean let's hope it's over let's hope there is not going to be I mean there is going to be more stuff but uh, I hope this 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 one is over so Sora when she asked you to join the club what did you think what am I going to do with these women oh that's a very loaded question <laughs> 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 oh my goodness. Um, okay, so I'm um, coming from Brooklyn, I'll tell the truth. And um, the truth is, I thought, I really like these women, but I don't want to read these books. <laughs> 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 so I couldn't answer Maggie right away, because I seriously had to prey on this. You know, I'm always busy, and I'm involved in my own projects. And um you know, I'm the only one who doesn't have a husband in the group. So my life, my day is different. I'm always running around. I'm always meeting people. And I'm always, um, so I balance my day between the work I have to do for myself and then being social just to keep my uh, my sanity. So long story short, I really didn't know what to do. So I thought, I remembered what my mother told me. And she said, Sora, go to sleep and, uh, and it, your answer will come in the morning. And I went to sleep and I thought, I don't want to read those books. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but then I said, you know, there's nothing for nothing and there's a price for everything. So you will read the book <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. and you will somehow manage to do that um, because I want to get to know these women because I like them all. So the next morning I said, okay. I'm joining because I said, I'm going to find a way to do this. And interestingly enough, I did. And um, and it's been a really interesting literary journey for me personally, watching these different writing styles, watching the journey of the author. And I have no regrets. I have no regrets. I'm, I'm more well-read. 
Amazing, amazing. Anna Nikolaidis, you you must have thought as well. I mean, you've got so much on your plate. We all do, but you know, all your charity work and the family all over the place and your husband and this and that. Did you really need a book club? To be honest with you, I didn't need a book club, although I was an avid reader before and, you know, studying English literature at A-level and classical civilization and all, all that business. And then going into law, I had read a lot of things, but I didn't have time to sit and read a book from start to finish unless I was going on a holiday where I could just sit under a palm tree. And this has made me start reading again. So it's actually really good. You know, we might not enjoy every single book from start to finish that we're picking up to read, but, you know, we have such fun, Elizabeth. I mean, we are having a riot. My my husband is hearing all this commotion and thinking, are you talking about a book? Uh, Most of the time we're talking about a lot of other things. And then we discuss the book that we're reading. It's real fun. I'm enjoying it so much. I know that. And I know, but you didn't know that when you started. So um, no. anyway, let's finish the round. Anna Maria, you were writing writing books. Obviously, a, a person who writes, an author also reads, I would imagine. So for you, it wasn't really such a strange thing. It wasn't. It was a dream come true when uh, Maggie got in touch with me and she said, you know, I'm thinking about it. What do you think? And I was like, yep, I didn't really have to think about it, did I, Maggie? I just went, yep, I'm in for that. Because <laughs> uh, I read between three to five books a week um, oh on average. God. So for me to read, to be asked to read is like, yes, bring it on. <laughs> um but I have to say what was strange for me is because it was I was reading books that other people have picked. Um, and I, the last time I did that was when I was at school. Um, so I'm reading things I've never would have read before, which is great for me. Um, and also, like Anna said, we have so much fun. Uh, literally, you know, it's um it's kind of like a debate about the book. It always starts about the book and then we go off at a tangent about different things uh, and that's what makes it so much fun, being with these five girls, as we call each other, um, <laughs> and we absolutely have a ball. Like Anna said, my husband, whenever I'm on, he's like, oh, here we go. <laughs> you know, you can hear this cackling coming from one of the rooms in the house. And you go, oh, right, there we go. <laughs> Amazing. Rebecca, you're busy too. You fly all the time. You go and visit your daughters. You're up and down Cyprus to Paris, Cyprus to Woodgold, knows where and back. You Are you an avid reader? Do you read a lot or or, um, generally or did you have to read more because of the book club? Well, do you know, um, when I I was doing the runaround with the girls when they were at school, I used to read avidly during the summer holidays. I couldn't wait to just get lost in a book. But I do find it quite difficult to sit down. I, I'm not an avid reader these days and I have to be in the mood. Sometimes I'm in the mood to sit down and read and other times I want to do more practical, outdoorsy things. But when they asked me to become a member of the group, I thought, oh, oh dear. I was dying to be a member of a book club, but I thought, well, will I be able to keep up and will I be able to read and will I enjoy the books? But we started with an autobiography, which was very entertaining and made me laugh out loud at times. And so I thought, oh, this is OK. You know, I can go with this. And of course, meeting the girls. We had we just have such fun, as we've, they've all said. And, you know, our meetings go on for at least two hours. And uh, so we sometimes chat and chat and then we go, oh, we better talk about the book. <laughs> but I like the diversity. And as um, 
somebody said it makes you read books that you might not normally pick up. And um, because I love quite thick books, which are usually sort of it's a, a, a novel but it has a sort of historical background with um, a plot going on or several plots. I love those. But um, I, we've had some ama- we have read some amazing star- spy stories, which I really enjoyed in this club and, and a lot of contemporary stuff, which is nice, as well as the sort of older authors. I, I, I love Alexander McCall Smith, which Sora has chosen because it's, it's the simplicity and the description. It's just so beautiful and wonderful. And you're in a different culture. You're in, you're in Africa. I think it's Africa, isn't it, Sora? <laughs> it's not me. Um, and um, it just, you know, you're getting into another culture, another way of life and another way of, of talking and descriptions and phrases and expressions. So it is. It's fantastic. And, of course, I love the girls. Ah, oh, we love you yeah, too. That's, I love <laughs> the girls and I'm not even in the book club. Well, we consider you are, you know, you're I am, I am. <laughs> anyway, now the thing is about these ladies, girls, they are not just readers and members of the book club. They also write books. Sora, you've written a book and you're, you're, you're finishing your second or have you finished your second book? Tell us about your books. Um, so let's start with the first because that's easier to talk about. <laughs> so um, as, as, as all of you know, I was um, a compulsive eater. I had dieted my whole life. And then um, one day I looked out at these kids I was teaching in an inner city school and said, how come these kids who walk, talk and do all those other things listen to you, Sora? But food has no animate qualities. You can't stop thinking about it and you can't stop eating. And I just got this idea to stop dieting and journal all my eating experiences before, during, and after. I wanted to find out why I thought about food all day. I was obsessed in understanding it. I think oh, so I figured it out after years of journaling and years of trial and error. And and then when I reached my goal and I've kept my weight off since 84, um, I knew that I could transfer my classroom management techniques to food management techniques. And I developed an easy to use eat and stop yourself, no diet weight loss program, which I'm proud to say not only lets you get healthy and take your weight off, but actually lets you make peace with food. And I'm all about peace. So that's very important to me. Um, and now COVID came and I was listening to what you said, Elizabeth, and COVID drove me to my next project which is a project I started in 1995. Um, I developed a way to zap negative and self-doubting thoughts by using the same techniques in my Eat and Stop Yourself program. And what I did was um, I said, okay, you know, I'm one to turn lemons into lemonade. I'm going to write this book. I'm going to do this project. So through social media, um, I started teaching the program again and was able to construct it so it's teachable in a very short amount of time. And so I'm working on the second book, which will teach people how to be positive. It's a positivity management program. And it's something that I need and that I use. And um, I'm very proud of it. And But, you know, like anything else, it's a journey. I have no idea when it's going to be finished or when it'll be published. But it's a journey I'm on. And um it's not an easy journey. Being a writer is, as Anna Maria knows, is uh, complex to say the least. And you have to have a strong constitution for uh, the grind, so to speak. Um, but um, but I love creating content. I'm past, I did it as a teacher, and I love it now. I just love making things simple, you know, because I need it simple for myself, you know. And I love the expression "growing up in Brooklyn." Kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. So. <laughs> 
So I'm work. I'm always working on making things simple. And um, so we'll see. That's the project I'm working on now. And I and inch by that's I ended my last book in inch by inch. Anything's a cinch. Yard by yard. Life is hard. So I'm an incher. And whenever I, you know, on Facebook, this guy said the fastest way to get anywhere is to go slowly. So that's what I do. I go slowly. That is Excellent. And we are waiting for the next book. Now, uh, well, you know what? Um, you're going to bleach your hair at least a couple of times before. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We have time. Anna Nicolaidis, you've never written a book, but I'm sure you could because you also, you're a traveler and you like the Far East. I love the Far East. Yes. I've, I've always dreamt of writing a book. I've only written sort of things for myself, you know, as you say, journaling or writing a few poems and writing very long letters to people. Um, but it would be nice to spend time and be able to concentrate for enough time to be able to just devote that to writing a book of some of some type, whether it's traveling, whether it's my um, spiritual side of things that I'm very much into. And I, I love all I love all those types of things. But one day it will happen. It will, I'm sure. Yes, I could. I, I There is definitely a book in you. Oh, darling, you're so sweet, always so kind and always so encouraging. You know, you're great. You're a lovely mum as well, you know. I can imagine your children. If you talk like that to us, I wonder what you've done to your kids and how uh, positive and happy they all are because of you. Oh, thank you. You're, <laughs> oh. You're always kind to me. And I'm not sure how much I really deserve that, but that's not the, that's not the issue here. We're talking about most memorable journeys and the page turners. Maggie oh. writes, I actually co-wrote something. Well, I didn't really co-write. She wrote everything and I added a couple of sentences. Maggie likes to write. Yes. Um, so that that was an ebook um that I was inspired to write um you know as as a cognitive behavioral therapist. I'm very passionate about um especially helping people to improve their self-esteem. Um, I think it's so common these days, especially in you know in young people. Um, and so, yeah, that, that was a great pleasure for you to, to contribute to that, Elizabeth. And I want to write more self-help guides, um, but also through the, um, the the Global Women Book Project. Um, again, this was something that I did during the, the pandemic. I wrote a chapter um, and I was one of 21 women. And the, the theme was tapping into your power to conquer your fears and reinvent yourself. So that enabled me actually to, uh, you know, I didn't realise how much I wanted to write about my experiences when I was younger and um, coming through a massive health struggle. Um, and actually I had um, at different points in my life because of a lot of um, techniques that helped me manage, you know, my, my health struggle. Um, I had started to write at earlier points and I hadn't really understood why and it really enabled me, you know, to um, to express um, what what was going on for me at that time. So it's it's been a, such a um, a cathartic process, and I definitely want to expand that chapter. That's something that I am looking at, um, and do a lot more um, writing on the theme of using your voice, finding your voice, um, and hope is another very very special 
um, word for me, you know, small word with a big meaning. Where there's hope, I, I really believe that we can see the light, we can start to take action and we've got choice and we can really work towards goals. So um, I think it's been such an empowering experience, actually. You know, first of all, you know, joining the Global Women Club, and that was through you, Elizabeth, and the writing process. And I can't believe, you know, two years later, here we are. I'm talking and, you know, I'm part of this group of really, really powerful women. Well, this is beautiful. And this is this shows how far you've come you have come, but you had to do it. You know, this is the thing. Nobody comes and knocks on your door and says, Would you like to do this and this and this? You have to take action and you all did. And this is what is the good thing about you all. You take actions, you action, you go ahead and you do it. And Rebecca, I want to, I, I don't think you have written a book, but what I want to hear from you, because I know that you used to be in a group of ladies who traveled together because you were moms at the school and you were all from different places. And I'm sure you could write the book about those trips. Actually, you're probably right. I could. And um, it brings me back as well that, I mean, I was lucky enough uh, to have traveled to various continents and somebody gave me a little travel book. And I remember thinking, I think I actually started it. I have to go upstairs after this and see if I wrote anything in it, but always thought that it'd be nice to do some travel diaries. Um, but yes, the, the traveling mums, as we called ourselves, it was wonderful because we were from Eastern, Western Europe, and um, we did we traveled almost to each other's countries. Um, and obviously, I took them to Dublin, which they absolutely loved. Um, we went in early May, and it was supposed to be still quite cold then. But it turned out to have a heat wave, so we had to literally go out and buy t-shirts and things. And but they, I think they were a bit shocked because uh, because it was so hot. Everybody was down the pub. And the pubs were exploding onto the street with people because they were so excited about the heat wave. And they were knocking back the pints, drinking away. And they were going, do the Irish really drink like this all the time? And I said, no, not really. Yes, actually they do. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, it, I think just even moving abroad to live in another country with a, a separate culture, you get to meet all sorts of different peoples and from all sorts of backgrounds, all sorts of beliefs. And I found that journey in life really exciting and um, interesting. Yes, I think. And also, I think being able to travel with somebody from a country, you know, to go, it, it makes a big difference. People show you a different side and you get to appreciate the culture more because you you actually and I consider myself when it comes to Cyprus I consider myself definitely a Cypriot and I love Cyprus and I always want everybody who comes here I always want to make sure that they leave and they love it too that is my mm. main aim and mm. I think the biggest worry of any Cypriot woman is that somebody could possibly leave their house hungry oh <laughs> yes you say that <laughs> It's funny you say that because when I first moved here, somebody said to me, now, um, you can't leave anything on your plate. It's rude if you don't eat the food. So I used to get stressed going out to people's houses and I'd, <laughs> and I'd look at all these things and, and it would they, I, they would tell me what they are and things like rabbit and, and goat, things which I hadn't really had before and they didn't really appeal to me. So I, I, I love vegetables. So I would go for more of those things. In those days, I used to eat meat. And I just remember, I you know, there was so much of food. I could never eat it all. And so I would, and I couldn't understand much in those days. So I didn't know, but I did catch one day, the lady, the hostess saying, does she not like the food? <laughs> 
because I just wasn't putting it all on, on top of my plate. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, yeah, that's a thing here. And that's why we love having guests. Now, mm. the real writer, I mean, the, the, the writer in this group is Anna Maria. You have written eight books. Is the eighth book in the middle? No. The eighth book is in the making, it's yeah. The I've making. got seven that are published and I'm writing my eighth right now, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. some of your books are, I mean, most of your books are, they're all novels. Yes, the, and the big hefty ones. <laughs> they're, all over, they're all over 450 pages. Amazing, amazing. I, I would like you to tell the people who listen to this podcast how you started writing because I think that is, very, very empowering. Right. Well, um, I started about 11, 12 years ago. Uh, my children had grown up and they were pretty independent and I kind of felt a little bit redundant, but um, I'd always had a very active imagination, always, um, from very young and it carried on until uh, still now. Uh, and I used to play out scenarios constantly in my head. So um, and that was my way of just enjoying myself, as it were. Um, but then I decided there was one specific story that just wouldn't go, and I expanded it so much into my head. So I thought it was about time I wrote it down. And I wrote it down, uh, and it ended up being a 900-page novel. I actually wrote it in secret. So nobody knew about it apart from this one friend Actually, two friends, to be fair. Um, and I sort of said to her, you know, I, I'm writing this book. What do you think? And she was like, go for it, man. You know, you'd be really good. You know, why not? My other friend, when I told her, she looked at me and sort of scowled uh, and said to me, what? What makes you think you could write a book? So oh. I had, yeah, I had this these two completely opposing but luckily, the positive friend was the one that came through. Needless to say, the other one is not my friend anymore. <laughs> yeah, seven books later. Yeah. I actually sent a couple of chapters to the, the encouraging friend, uh, who was actually Emma. I'm going to mention her because she's been with me right from the beginning. I sent her the chapters and I was so scared. I was really scared how she would react to them and all she sent back was one word in an email and that was more and that was enough for me so I carried on writing and then once I'd finished it I fessed up to my mom and um, sent it to her uh, and luckily she's a fast reader so I, I speak to my mom every day on Skype she's in England and I'm here and uh, she read about the first five chapters out of the 10 that I'd sent her by the time I spoke to her. And she said to me, I don't know how to say this to you. So I realized that that's it. She thinks it's horrible. Um, so I braced myself and she said to me, I actually didn't think you could do it. She goes, I, um, I started reading it. And by the end of the first chapter, I forgot it was you that had written it. And I thought it was a book that I'd bought on Kindle. Um, so that was amazing for me to hear that. And that just encouraged me to write. And then I got, luckily I got published. My brother, um, I fessed up to my husband. My husband was like, what? When did you manage to do this? Like five o'clock in the morning <laughs> when you're asleep, I was writing. Um, 
And then my brother managed to find me a publisher. It was actually found a few, but we went with the one that accepted it. And um, that's nine years ago. Nine years ago, I was first published, which was still a pinch me moment for me. I can't believe it. Amazing, amazing. And I think this is uh, this is a story or this uh, what you said is something that is very important and very a lesson. First of all, not everybody who is your friend means well. So, um, you know, find those and get rid of them because you, you, you will always feel if somebody really supports you or not. And the other thing is you are never going to know until you try. What is the worst that can happen when you try something? It doesn't work out. Then you either just stop doing it or you do it in a different way. But we have to try. We have to always do something. And I mean, the, the fact that you all came to Cyprus, okay, the three of you were already here, but the other two came to Cyprus for my conference means I also know deep down that you didn't really only come for me. You came for that book club. And uh, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. I just just looking at the time and we are coming to uh, to the end of this podcast because I don't usually make them so long. But I want to ask each one of you, because it's called Most Memorable Journey. Do you know what your next trip is? And if you don't know, where would you like it to go? I'm starting with Sora again. Um, yeah, I do my ne- I do know my next trip. I'm I do it uh, too. Uh, February 23rd, I'll be flying um, with, I I call her a travel buddy. So um, I'm flying with my travel buddy to Buenos Aires. And um, we're spending two nights there. And then we get on the Norwegian cruise line. We're going to Antarctica because, yeah, so we're going to... um, to Montevideo, Uruguay, we're going to Chile, we're going to Punta Urbinas, and, and we're going to Ushuaia, we're going to the Falklands, and I'm really excited because when I was 10 years old, I wrote a book, I wrote a book, you see, so I read a book, <laughs> I read a book, <laughs> I read a book called um, The End of the World, and and um, Ushuaia is the end of the world. It's the southernmost tip. And I've always dreamt of going there. So for me, this is a dream come true uh, mm. to go there. And, um, you know, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. Amazing. And it's been two weeks. So I'll be gone for 18 days. So Absolutely. I'm really, yeah. So it's a big trip for me. But um, it's it was number one on my bucket list. So, yeah. We're going to want to know all about that. Well, um, just between me, you, and whoever listens to this podcast. <laughs> um, I don't post my trip pictures on, um, on on social media for several reasons, but I will send some photos. And you have yes. a blog. You have a blog, don't you? Oh, I, oh, you know what I'll do? What I'll do is I'll, I, I will be writing a blog post. And um, by the way, I want to apologize to you girls because it's a long story, but I write for another blog that covers all of Florida and New York. And he used my article on Cyprus as well. So it's all over Florida. So you have more visitors, okay? That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. We can handle those. Fine. Oh, I on. know you can. All but good. the area. <laughs> he told me because he was a superintendent of schools. He went, sorry, you spelled, you were not consistent with the way that you spelled Cyprus. And um, so I felt really bad. So I apologize. But in New York, we I spell it C-Y-P-R-E-S-S. Because that's what I know. That's the I, 
That's the tree, darling. Okay, but I went in and I changed it. So my apologies. There's no I need to apologize. We're used oh, to sorry. it, Zora. Everybody does that. It's also like oh. everybody thinks that I'm Swedish in America, even though I'm Swiss. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> we don't mind at all. We don't mind, Sora, because we know that you fell in love with Cyprus, whether it's spelt with a U-S or a E double S. So we're thrilled. Makes no difference to us. <laughs> Okay, well, I didn't. I said, "Where did you get that other Cyprus from?" I really didn't know, but it just felt, it just felt right, you know. But yes, so um, yes, I will write a blog post and I will post it for us girls. And um, but I I need to travel because um, that's what fills my soul, you know. Excellent. Same here. Anna Nicolaidis, where are you going next? Well, I will go to London, unfortunately not for the Global Woman Club meeting in January, but later on in January, just to see uh, my kids for a, a few days. And then we are planning to go to Malaysia for a wedding. Oh, and nice. uh, uh, Yeah, which is going to be nice. And then um, for our anniversary, we're planning to go to Florence in August. Mm-hmm. And I haven't been to Italy for years and years. So I'm really looking forward to that very much. Wonderful. Maggie, what about you? Well, the trip that I'm excited to be planning this year and um, probably springtime, um, I'd love to do um, a cruise of the Greek islands. Having loved my Cyprus trips um, and many years ago, probably 20 years ago, I visited Crete and it was one of the most beautiful islands um, that, you know, I've ever seen. Um, so definitely to maybe see, you know, Rhodes and Santorini um, and part of it to be on, on a cruise ship would be absolutely spectacular. Great. And Anna Maria, are you going anywhere? I will be going for a book signing, actually, um, in June to my hometown of Leeds. I've been asked to go there. It's on the June the 3rd. I'm hoping I'll be popping um, to England probably before that. But I'm also going to Vienna for three days with my mom in February to go see Michael Boublier (laughs) and have three three days there. So... um, that's going to be great because it's in February, so it'd be nice and snowy. So we'll get the whole thing. And I have never been to Vienna, so this is oh. that's why I chose to go there. Vienna is magical always. And Rebecca, I know that you're like leaving tomorrow or something, aren't you? Well, I am actually. I'm leaving on Monday because I'm going to London for a very fleeting visit for the final graduation of my elder daughter. They've had, you know, some was postponed and she's had two or three or four maybe graduations. I don't know. I've lost count at this stage. But yes, I'm going. And I've never been to London School of Economics before. So I'm just quite looking forward to going into the whole complex and seeing it. And um, then I'll come back for literally five days and then I'll pop across to Ireland to see my father and all my family who live there and spend Christmas there. So I'm excited, really. And uh, I'm lucky enough to have two daughters in Europe. So it takes me to Milan and Brussels sometimes. So it's lovely. I feel very... This is really a wonderful, international, happy, beautiful ladies round. And I admire you all. Congratulations, Maggie, for doing this because you started it and you, you, you know, sometimes you don't know what happens when you start something. That's why it's important to start it. And we're coming to the end of this episode. I want to thank you for taking the time. And I also want to 
tell the listeners, I think the episode is going to come at the beginning of 2023, not before Christmas. So we are all going to wish everyone who listens a very happy 2023. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy Happy New Year. Year. Happy New Year. Happy Happy New Year. Happy New Year Year when it comes. Thank you, everyone. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Fabulous. If you enjoy my podcast, please like, share and subscribe to my channel. You will find all the information in the show notes.